two weeks in a row with no hunter here does that matter i don't know does that matter i mean i'll miss him but i talked with him two days ago so so you don't yeah. really miss him. You don't really miss Hunter. I mean, like my my Hunter reserves. I think I need I need a Hunter fix once every week. I think is it. <laughs> it, it. Um, but other than that, I'm, I'm like like I have like a, I'm a, maybe a camel, and I have like one hump that is just yeah. for like Hunter based things. Right. Hunter and I have to constantly check ourselves on uh, if we're making friend time because now we now we just are always doing these things, and we're it's like <laughs> we had like a period of like a couple of months where we realized we only logged on to record an episode of a thing and then we would log off and not talk to each other and we had to like oh. do a friend check in and be like we're still friends we should act like it dang it <laughs> oh you see alex and i have like gone wholly in the other direction where it's like the reason we hang out is to do projects and that's like that's it's gone oh, that's that's all of it right so like um you know we'll text over like you know a, you know a piece of content that he's working on yeah you know we'll have like our standing meetings about like either the, the, our podcast or about like the uh the novel we're working on but like i don't think and we have a little bit of like okay let's you know talk for five minutes and then it's like okay time to get to work yeah yeah and that's, that's it <laughs> I'm excited for you and I to just slowly discover our own friendship and we go start our own thing without our comedian oh friends yeah. and we're just these two just these two dads that found some <laughs> other mutual love and there's no comedians involved and it's not very funny and we're both just like really into it <laughs> yeah on the, like the clubhouse sign will be like dads only no comedians allowed <laughs> <laughs> let's go Welcome to the Old Gamers Almanac. It's the definitive ranking of every video game every week at a time. I'm Matt Martins, and I am here with a guest, my wonderful guest, returning for the show. It's Ezra Fox. Hello, Ezra. So thrilled to have you here today. Hey, Matt. Thanks for having me back. And and just with just me this time. Just like, I appreciate you. That was enough. It's just yeah. the two of us. We don't need Hunter to talk about adventure games. We can do it ourselves. Don't need Hunter. Don't need don't need Tim Schafer. We're good. We Tim got it Schaefer. all. We, today we are proving that we don't just invite you on for nepotism. We actually also like Ezra a lot. So uh, we brought you on. We did bring you on for an adventure game, which I think at the end of your last episode, we said it doesn't have to just be adventure games. Yeah, but then I needed, a, I needed a friend to play King's Quest VI with me. And you were like, well, I mean, that does sound. I will, I will do yeah. that. So yeah. here we are anyways. Uh, King's Quest VI, air today, gone tomorrow. Uh, this is, it's funny to dive into a series on the sixth entry of its thing. I wish, yeah, I mean, I can't imagine other situations where it, like, no one starts like, you know, Fast and Furious at six. Yeah, yeah, right. right. <laughs> where it's like, this is a wild thing, like backstory. But I mean, I, I, I didn't do a lot before this. Yeah. This is my first one. And so it's like, I'm assuming we, King's Be Questin. Yeah, is, like, is, yeah, is exactly. What's going on. It's a generic okay. enough title that surely, and like the, t the subtitle is just a pun. I feel like even from reading the titles of these games, you get the idea that it, it doesn't matter, it, that there are characters and there are events, but whatever. It's just a game that exists pretty much. Uh, this yeah. is from what? 1992, uh, written by Roberta Williams and Jane Jensen. Uh, Jane Jensen would later to go on to do the, the Gabriel Knight series, which I, I've never played like any series games but the gabriel knight is the other one that i hear is the like quintessential gotta play truly beautiful uh uh sierra point and click adventure games so it's definitely high up on my list and this game sold me on the idea of jane jensen as a pretty good as a wonderful as an excellent writer uh and and i i am excited to do stuff i this game is written like it is some sort of classical fantasy or something and that was kind of initially a bit of a, a an adjustment for me because i'm so used to lucas arts stuff where the vibe is totally ah, throw whatever jokes we can at the wall and then you dive into this one and it's literally like prince alexander it's kind of like it gets very very formal 
Yeah, this is like much more like a high fantasy, like for the most part, right? We, yeah. We, look, we get a pun, you know, right, right, right up top. Right. There's a couple of, you know, like there, there's there's some pun stuff that happens where you kind of break a little bit of it. Yeah. But it's for the most part, it's like, like, all right, and now we're back, you know, now yeah. we're back to our like our role playing table. We yes. are like all hanging out right together. <laughs> and like, this is the, like, here's the high fantasy setting. Like, you know, get into it. This is like, it's got some classical stuff yeah. there and like a lot of fairy tale stuff that's pulling from. Yeah, absolutely. I think the tone of it is like a lot of levity basically the whole time while it's like it's trying to not be ridiculous and that like that has its pros and its cons right because the lucas arts stuff what we've talked about is you know the classic example of the chicken wheel and what at least felt good about this game is there's no chicken wheel logic there are things that are hard puzzles to solve i would say but there's nothing where it's like you just gotta make up the idea of what it is and oop, oh that actually worked wow the 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 balloon animal is the key to the puzzle after all or whatever everything like every time you've actually solved it you're like oh that item does in fact make sense where it ended up going or whatever yeah the i think that the, this game seems like it's interested in a different kind of difficulty i guess yeah. uh, uh, not the um like non-linear thinking kind yes. of difficulty that that lucas arts will sometimes do where it's like it kind of like like it's sort of like some of the puzzles are kind of like a punchline right. where there's this like jump in logic where it's like it's like oh yeah it, it does make sense kind of in retrospect and like i i get it and that's yeah. like kind of like wacky this is like not that's not the i think that's not the fun part maybe of uh king's quest where it's like there is a different kind of rigor i guess here yeah. that that's where i think the for people who love this kind of series i think it's 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 much more that there's a hardness there, and yes. it's like, I know, this is more like the hard style uh, <laughs> uh, point-and-click adventure game. Yeah, yeah. Uh, if you have hard sci-fi, this is hard point-and-click. <laughs> yes, this is definitely, yeah, that, oh man, the pointer is so hard. <laughs> That's very true. Well, let's, yeah, let's, let's talk mechanical for a second, because uh, this is a pretty interesting game, especially considering, like, 1992, and so many of my, like, assumptions about point-and-click adventure games, this was very obviously, like, a quickly evolving uh, genre in terms of like modernizing its controls and stuff. Uh, this is, I guess, the second of the King's Quests that like really went into this like graphical cursor style thing. Uh, a lot of the previous ones were like text displays and stuff. But it was interesting to, to me that like, yeah, you, you essentially have a, a slew of your commands that are just the various buttons you can do. And it's like walk to somewhere. It's, it's look at something. It's touch something talk to something and then there's like a, a nebulous use object and you like go into the menu and select the object and yeah there's a certain element of where the point of the cursor is for each of the different symbols maybe as shoes common logic or common sense of where you would expect to be clicking on something so those issues are definitely exacerbated where in point and click adventure games you know it's like oh you were supposed to click on that floorboard you could be trying to click on that floorboard but you're not using the right part of your pointer <laughs> yeah i i feel like one maybe the 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 harshest critique of this game is like the the challenge is can you click every right pixel in the right order and that's the game basically yeah. and it's like it's it's saying like no, no no this is one of the situations where it's a door that you have to open with the hand one not just walk through it right right um and like it'll switch back and forth in the way like maybe like a a, a, a playground bully might sometimes do that where it's like like oh, oh i moved the goalpost a yeah little bit. it's actually supposed to be this or it's like oh no you just clicked on alexander this way it's like oh the magic map that only works near the water you're supposed to not put it in the water you're supposed to yeah. put it on you yeah and yeah. like yeah, it, it, it sometimes it, i feel like it sometimes moves the goalpost a little bit uh that i it's not the part that i love about it yeah uh but i i get that that if you're looking for this is a specific kind of puzzle challenge, you have to go into it thinking it's about what is the right thing that they want me to do, and I will do it. Yeah, um, and it'll take me as many times as it takes, right. save states and whatever it is. Right. Yeah. Yeah. The, the I would say the core mechanic to this game, and I will call it a mechanic today, is your save file. And and it's I mean honestly, kudos to the game because we're talking about a time where uh. uh Paper manuals are the thing. Uh, tutorials in games are not a popular, normalized thing. And this game, I mean, there is some manual stuff where you have to, for the puzzle's sake, in, in a sort of Metal Gear Solid 1, look at the case way. You have to refer to something to solve a couple of the puzzles. But outside of that, uh, 
the, there is a very extensive tutorial system in the game itself. And I did I did all of it beforehand because I was like, I don't know. I've never literally ever touched a Sierra game. I don't know how they're going to be different. Uh, and I did find it helpful to like get to tinker around with that just to even understand kind of their their logic you get a little bit of a sense of i guess where they're coming from from their game design and one of the core things of that is they basically admit on the face of it in that tutorial like you need to save a lot please save as often as you possibly can because we're going to abuse you as basically as much as we can <laughs> yeah and well, and this is even i think for the series a bit more generous than other ones where mm-hmm. like alexander would be like I don't know. I think this might kill me soon if you yeah. do it again. And he'll be like, I'll let you die. Like, you, you can let him die, but just heads up, this might be a little yeah. bit bad. And, yeah. It it was especially egregious in a couple moments. The the game is structured with a series of islands. You are you are you've landed in this strange location called the Land of the Green Isles. You've gone to look for your dearly beloved who you have met in a recent uh, in a different game, you know, in in one of the previous five King's Quests or something, who cares? Uh but you crash land on this mysterious set of islands. Uh, and each one has its own theme. I think the themes are really strong, uh, but one of them in particular, I wonder how you felt about when suddenly King's Quest VI decides to be a 2D platformer that's still also a point-and-click adventure game, and that was when the save states were like, I had to save state every like 10 seconds because you are going, you are essentially scaling a cliff and it's little steps and it, what it wants you to do is click the step and there's a little bit of a timing game. Prince Alexander will stumble and tr- almost fall. And if you like click while he's trying to do that, you might fall all the way to the bottom. Luckily, this is one of the rare moments where uh, it, at least for one screen, you have some wiggle room. It's the LucasArts style. Yes. You'll just fall. But if you go into the next screen, you'll fall to your death. And if you don't have a save, yeah. you got to redo all the puzzles and everything like that. And and so, yeah, you're, I'm, I was saving two to three times per screen because it's also just like a meticulous click of where you need to hit right on that little platform so he doesn't fall to his death. Yeah, so this is the... Um this is sort of like the more, uh, classical Greek-ish uh, yes. island, right? Where so have a Cliffs of Logic, um, right. uh, funny, funny title, and but this <laughs> is this is their sort of like piracy control uh, in-game part, right? Um, right. So the first part is just like, can you click a thing, uh, and we will. You have to click every single thing in the right order. Uh, that's I don't know if it's at, if there is someone in the world whose favorite part of the game is that. I want to meet that person. <laughs> Uh, and I, I want to put you in prison. <laughs> yeah, I'm, I'm just, I'm just curious. Who's the like in the design conversation? Where it's like, you guys, people are gonna love this. Yeah, they're gonna um, love just getting but, but, just and then meticulously. There, and and that's where, especially the egregious problem of where am I supposed to click? Because you have to use the yeah. walk symbol, which I've found was I need my little cursor's feet to be about two to three pixels above the platform, and that's that's gonna be the spot that actually lands on the platform <laughs> yeah so so there's that and then then above that there are different like kind of um you know you need the manual to solve it because they yeah. want to make sure you bought the game and that right. wasn't the only time these kinds of games had that like yeah. they, um, monkey island had like a different kind of like matching up the pirate kind of wheel type thing uh they're trying to stop piracy with in-game stuff yeah it's an interesting approach where it's like you can play part of the game but at a certain point you're going to need to have bought this uh, right or you know have a have a friend who has actually bought the game right Right. Well, um, it's it's such a funny thing too because it's such a the logic is so pre-internet, obviously, because it's like every thing is accessible now. But but at you know we're talking about a time where like PDFs would not have been regularly accessible in any kind of way or, or any any form of documentation. So it's it is a I mean I it's pretty funny, but it does make for a shock when I'm I'm lucky I was reading enough about the game and remembered my rule of go look mm-hmm. up the manual and stuff. Because if I had gotten to this point, I do not know what I would have done if I did not know I was supposed to look in the manual, basically. Yeah. yeah I think that the thing that I'm realizing about the game that, that feels different from me playing it, um, it's much more of, I think, maybe a slightly harsher dungeon master player dynamic than yeah. it is like, um, hey, we're all hanging out, like, you know, playing this game. It feels like when you beat this game, like, you have literally beaten it because it's been trying to beat you so right. hard throughout. Right, right? It's like yeah. you have earned this uh, victory, uh, but I don't think it's much more of an antagonistic uh, relationship <laughs> between player and designer in some ways where it's like, we're going to like, did you click the right thing? It's like, oh, yeah. like we didn't say Simon says, right? right. And you go back to your save state. 
Yeah, it's it it's it gets really mean. I I would say it also really like to me kind of falsely leads you into that because I think it starts quite chill. I mean, I think I think the opening areas. I can't and and maybe I ha- I have some like it's been a couple weeks since I beat it, but I don't have memories of very many of the early areas like really knocking me off the the difficulty very much ramps up as the game goes on and it starts punishing you a lot harder it should also be noted the other core mechanic we haven't talked about yet is this game is intended to not only have like a sort of multiple endings there's really like two endings and then there's a bunch of little tiny flavors of endings within that but there are distinctly two ways to finish the game uh that involve sort of how you go about some of the puzzles or whatever um and I continue to go back and forth on whether that makes sense to me in in these kinds of point and click adventure games because so it's like I don't want to once I know the solution to a puzzle I like I can't the re- doing it again is boring right to just yeah. do the same puzzle again is not interesting at all but that being said there's a lot in this game and in each of the like areas where I did feel like with each thing I was leaving on the table that I hadn't like mm-hmm. attacked uh, with with their puzzles and stuff, it did feel like a replay would have actual validity to it for from beginning to end. There's, I I was kind of I was impressed by this for sure, like because it's you know that's some extra work that's cool. I, I I um this came out the same year I believe as uh this is like all my friend reference uh, Indiana <laughs> Jones Fan of Atlantis mm-hmm. uh which has a very cool mechanic where it's like sort of like in the middle section of the game you have these three forking paths that are mm-hmm. completely different right and you can sort of like basically you can do like a, a wits path like an action path or like a uh like a partner co-op path basically uh, yeah. with uh, another uh, uh with an NPC and the middle section diverges wildly in terms of what the puzzles are mm-hmm. right in these three different paths and you could basically seriously like, hey make sure you know this is your split point and it'll come all back together for the same end game. Right. Uh, but but um, so it, it's a thing that you can do well. This is impressive because it's definitely extra work. And I like the idea that it was you had a way to not break. Like I could have done some things that were wrong, and I still might have been able to finish it at some points. Right. Yeah. It's like some yeah. of the path, the heart, the long path would have been closed off to me, but I could have done other things. And right. so I appreciate that. Right. And so I think compared to other King's Quest, a bit more generous uh, in terms of like how it was treating the player. But for me, still like just. Um, the best way I could describe this is um, I grew up on Disney and then when I saw like Nightmare Before Christmas, uh, everything felt wrong. Like I appreciated that like <laughs> that it was some people's favorite movie, but it's like the lack of like even just like clean end rhymes in the song yeah. felt wrong to me. And so like coming from like, you know, like, you know, I was a LucasArts baby. Yeah. Uh, this just felt like I can get this is someone's favorite thing for sure. But like it's so hard because uh, without the nostalgia factor, without yeah. sort of like having that language uh, kind of baked in and understanding, like oh, this is just a very different design uh, ethos. Right. It was right. real hard for me to get into it. Yeah, it's like it's like growing up on on like Star Trek: Next Generation, and then finding out somebody's favorite is Deep Space Nine, and it's like, no, I get it, it's good, but it's not, it's not yeah, Patrick Stewart. Like you don't yeah, get yeah. to, t- you don't get to argue with me. <laughs> Yeah, I think that that's right. It's just it's a really so I mean, a lot of this a lot of uh, you bring a lot to it, and I think the easiest part of it is like that felt the same. It's like oh, I mean I love I love this like sort of like you know pixel art aesthetic, yeah. right? You know for that that retro style that that makes a lot of sense to me. That's really cool. Uh, but like sort of the, the heart of it inside of it, like it's just so different from what I'm used to yeah. in a way that like I I yeah I'm curious like so this is your first time, so I'm, I'm yeah. really kind of curious like how how did it come into it fresh today? Yeah. How did that feel? I guess it for the first chunk, uh, it felt really just boring (laughs) for a little bit. Like I was (laughs) bored for the beginning of part of this game because there was, it felt like no hook, right? It is just, here's, here's some fantasy and the writing is competent but not like grabbing me in any meaningful way and then the puzzles themselves are uh i i thought they were you know they were coming to me actually easier than a lucas arts puzzle does like i i was getting through the game uh decently well um the when the save stating became a real issue 
is when I was just trying to get this thing done. Basically, there was actually a point too because let's also not forget the fact that this is like a game designed for like DOS and Amiga and was you know sort of updated. But like, I played it on my Steam Deck. The menus can load kind of slow sometimes. Like when I just really want to quickly reload back to a save yeah. state, it's like a it's a laborious process to even like save the game itself was a bit laborious. And thinking that I need to do that like constantly it became a whole that's why i called it a mechanic is like it i felt like i was managing that more than i was trying to solve puzzles uh or, or the the act of solving puzzles was just an act of save reload try again it was trial and error with all of the things i might be able to use up against this system the, i think the worst offender of that respect is uh, th there's this shopkeeper in the main town oh my God. and he has a table and in front of him on the table are these four objects and you very like you instantly you see that thing you're like oh here's like the items I'm gonna have to come back to to carry around to do stuff when you have a big inventory you carry <laughs> lots of stuff in this game and and too much honestly too once you get to two <laughs> pages like going through and cycling you know that that point and click adventure game thing you do where you're like i'm a little bit stuck i guess i'll try every single item mm -hmm. on this door or whatever and see if it works well i have 25 items so this is going to take me a minute or whatever except four of those items at any given time three of them are kept behind lock and key so you would have to try this didn't work and either walk back to the shop and swap the item out or set a save to right where you're at the shopkeeper and then do the stuff. And sometimes where you need that item is like much, much further along and you yeah. do not realize you need the item until an hour later or whatever. And, and I think that so. I think if I was going to say, okay, if we want that mechanic, the swapping thing, you probably have to have some breadcrumbs where the shopkeeper says, right. Hey, you know, if you don't know what to get, uh, you know, a lot of travelers really like the tinderbox right. to start out, right? Like that, right. That's, 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 yeah. that's always helpful, right? And you kind of like help like lead the way a little bit. Um, I also say like, if you have that kind of mechanic, if for some reason that kind of choice is is interesting, that's a thing you don't have to marry yourself to yeah. later, right? Later we give, right? So we give a really, really valuable ring, uh, <laughs> you know, for, for, for a map, which we then can get back yeah. when we have a very yeah. valuable pearl, which is worth even more. I think at that point, just give us the paintbrush. Let and the me have also. the like, stuff. Let me have it I all. know. Yeah. <laughs> Especially because that's when they start bouncing back and forth. I mean, honestly, the worst trap of it all is you hold on to, you only use one item for like half the game. And then it's like, oh, you do actually need to switch. And then you got to switch back to, to like the other item or whatever. Um, yeah. It's, <sighs> it, it's made worse with the fact that the final area of this game you are locked into. So one of the things I was going to praise this game for, and I did like I did enjoy the game on the whole. Like I, I don't really have like wild complaints with it. And when I was enjoying it the most was when the game feels like Act Two of Grim Fandango, right? Where yeah. you have everything is in front of you. That's the big difference between Sierra and LucasArts, right? LucasArts does these acts in their games and they really like to make sort of, you know, act one is all of this stuff and act two is this and, and there's it's a very sort of structured to keep you as the player knowing that the 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 limits are there. there there's something gating what is possible in, in this zone or whatever. And for this game, it is all available to you from the start pretty much. And I thought for a long time they handle that remarkably well because, well, one of the zones you don't actually go to until like later in the game, basically. The, mm -hmm. the Greek mythology area you is sort of a one-off, more or less. Uh, and really all you're doing is going between the three islands, the Isle of Crown, which is the one we've been talking about where the castle is, the Isle of Wonder, which is the coolest of them. It's like Alice in, in Wonderland uh, styled stuff. And, and yeah, that's the, wild. where the zaniest puzzles come from, honestly, like the whole game could have chosen to be that. And oops, it would have turned into a LucasArts game. So that's what we discovered <laughs> is LucasArts is, is this meets Alice in Wonderland. And then the third Isle is... Well, it's just called the Isle of Beast, and for a while, I'm just like, oh, it's like the wilderness, and then eventually you learn it's a Beauty and the Beast-themed uh, island or whatever, uh, but the amount of, like, bouncing back and forth between those islands, 
I felt good about for a long time. Like I, I thought it was okay, uh, the kind of exploration it was having me do. I'm also playing Hollow Knight right now, which honestly mm-hmm. doesn't feel wildly different with how much I like have to jump around the map. And, and it gave me a little map to teleport from island to island. The screens, you're never more than like four screens away from the beach where you have to teleport. I don't see why I need to only <laughs> teleport I, from a beach, but so okay. I, I, so if I was going to guess the way they did it, um, was because they wanted that locked in element for the castle and other places where it's mm-hmm. like, I don't want to be able to just have you pop out at some point. Uh, right. But I, I think it's like, oof. Yeah. Uh, it it felt like there's just a lot of, there's everything just felt a little slow. If you're going to make me have that zipping around kind of vibe, yeah. like I want to feel fast, I guess. Um, and yeah. like, you know, it felt like there were so many things I could not speed up that I don't know how it played then, but with my with my brain right now, yeah, yeah, it felt it played slow. I should also say there was that one other little isle of um, yeah, uh, mist island or whatever, mist where yeah. the uh, the druids will 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 wicker man you, <laughs> right? Yeah, I basically died once then, and I was like, you know what? Actually, I'm never coming back here ever again. And and lo and behold, <laughs> that was only for like the longer ending i didn't even mean to do the like quote unquote short ending of this game but i messed up some puzzle at some point and i was like oh i guess i've already written myself out of being able to do the long one i'll just commit to the short one uh and and that meant you basically don't have to do anything in the isle of mist so i basically completely skipped that area altogether i didn't get to go meet death i didn't get to go do all of that extra stuff and maybe that's way more annoying too to have to do that stuff maybe the short ending is like the sort of chef's kiss of this game i don't know i I will say okay the coolest part uh you know uh so you've been dying a lot this game you know up until then uh and there's always like you go to basically to you know the the gates of uh you know the afterlife and you're you're in this realm of the dead um the coolest thing is you know as you do it it actually happens where you get yeah. back go back to the scene where you've been this whole time. Yeah, it's yeah. like, oh, this okay, that, that is fun. Like I yeah, like yeah. that scene where it's like now I get to be here alive. Yeah. And that's that was a, like, that that's, was a fun that was a fun beat. That's a very cool callback. I watched some of the long uh ending mm-hmm. like on on YouTube or, or even in following along with guides just to understand like what the logic of it was. But uh and I was I felt like I was pretty good with myself too in terms of like looking up answers to puzzles. Um, it, it, it never feels, it never has the same style of how it feels to be stuck in a LucasArts game. I think maybe that's even where your mm. flavor feels off and why this game feels more oppressive because in a LucasArts game, when you're stuck, you just have to poke around till you find the answer. But what you know, because this game proves it to you is you might be stuck and there might be no way out. You you might not learn just how stuck you are until you reload. And that that like being in the back of your mind means every hesitation on a puzzle is tempered with this like sensation of like, am I just fucked right now? Or are we yeah. like, are we do- is this real or not? What's happening? <laughs> yeah. And I think that, that idea of like, I because I do like that moment of like in LucasArts where it's like, oh, okay, I know that if I think hard enough i will have that aha moment that'd mm-hmm. be really satisfying that's one of the things i love um i didn't feel like it was be- because even other parts of the game were so i guess like maybe frivolous with my mm-hmm. time mm-hmm. uh you know uh of king's west then like i felt like i it wasn't i wasn't taught that i should commit more and more effort into this <laughs> right. it's like i might just have already gotten to a place where this is not solvable yeah, yeah. um so i was going a lot more like my my frustration I guess because my my frustration in the ports that were not uh, intentional was already higher than it would have been. Yeah, right. Um, I did not feel like I had the extra frustration to kind of like force myself into um, really thinking through all these parts and yeah. like, can I get it right? Because I, I just I I, I I did not trust that this was going to be a good use of my time. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I definitely got to that moment too. Especially, there's this hilarious moment that happened to me in this game where I'm trying to be a good little boy and I'm doing my save states. I'm saving often. And this is a habit I've had to form recently. Like I did not used to, I've never in my life like made a bunch of save files. I, I, in, in my games, I always keep one save file and I overwrite it over and over and over and over again. And it's only punished me in my life a couple times. uh, But also (laughs) I'm a person who's super willing to just bounce off a game and be done with it or whatever. Mm -hmm. Right. So in this game, I'm trying really hard to like save as often as they're telling me. And then because this game was made in 1992 and is sort of hard-coded into that limit, 
you can reach a set number of saves where the game tells you you don't have any more room on your floppy oh, disk no. to save the game. You have to start overwriting save files. And then I was like, it felt like a betrayal on behalf of the game. It's like, you're the one who told yes. me to do this. I didn't want to, and you forced me to. But if I hadn't been, like, if I didn't have multiple saves, there are points in this game where you would hard, like, you would completely lock yourself out. You can save, if, if I had one single save file, you could save the game at a certain point, and there would be no way out at all. So you, you're, like, forced to do yeah. that, but then it's like, yeah, you get, like, I don't even know how many it is like 20 save files or something like that. And then that's it. I, it's so wild. And I guess that, the, okay. If I was going to say we can keep this harsh mechanic in there, mm -hmm. but I want to get people the chance to speed through everything. So yeah. I think, you know, you can click through dialogue, but you can't like um, escape through action. Yeah. All right. And speed that up where that, I think that was a mechanic that had existed save for like LucasArts stuff for a while where yeah. it's like, if a character is walking, they're walking too slow. Bam escape right. right and they're gone out the, yeah, out the yeah. door right right jalo the the clown walks really slow oh my god <laughs> <laughs> that that him uh, walking out the door there's one screen in particular where like i think it's on your way to the crown beach or maybe as you enter the crown beach like prince mm -hmm. alexander like comes over the ridge yeah. slowly and you're sitting there like spamming the inventory button like please just yes. let me get to the map please i'm begging you yes and it's like yes. it takes a solid 10 seconds every single time right and you'd have this where it's like okay you could double click basically on a um on a thing yeah and you walk faster right? That, right that would happen that rather that's like a lucasarts mechanic where it's like you can speed some things up yeah, yeah. because the I'm okay with sort of like the dead ends, right? In like a right. you know, way, choose your own adventure games, like you know, uh, choose your own adventure, like books, like kill you a lot. Yeah. Um, but you have to make it fast to flip right. back to the you know the thing right. before and like okay, let me try again. And like that Groundhog Day thing can work if you can give the player the speed tools, maybe in order right. to like uh, you know brute, do a brute force attack. Right. If I have to watch my guy hop through the hot water one oh more time God. and then not only that but he gets like you i've clicked on the top of the screen he hops through the water and then he stops and i have to click again it is it, it feels like i didn't ask to have to reload this save you made that the mechanic and then you made me redo the same actions as slowly every single time it, yeah it, it, it just has that feeling of it didn't have to be like this. <laughs> like you, you, you made this game, and you could have made it easier to get through this stuff. Especially, yeah, I, especially with the not just the notion that you're safe sitting, but with the notion that they want you to replay this game. They know for certain you're going to redo this, or at least that's their intent, right? It's like we've done multiple endings. Like who would want to sit through the opening of this game? Uh, as slowly as possible when you know all of the solutions to all of the puzzles it makes no sense yeah i mean I, again like this you know this is two years after the uh the king's quest before and like i think the thinking is maybe this game's gonna last you a while yeah right and so right. maybe there's some stuff that's just time sinks in there uh and it's just a kind of a different idea of like how do we get you know that whatever fifty dollars or whatever it was worth of value uh you know from a game yeah. uh you know you have multiple endings right you have it's going to take some time, right? In order to actually really, this is a hard puzzle. Uh, and that's like a certain level of like, uh, you can feel good about the workout. Um, but it, the, those were not the fun parts for me. Yeah. I'm curious. So like, do, do you have a favorite puzzle specifically mm. from this? I, uh, I will say, I don't know. It's probably not my favorite, but the one I most meaningfully engaged with was, I, I feel like I really opened my heart up to the labyrinth <laughs> with the yeah. with the uh, uh, Minotaur and stuff because it's I mean I love a map I love like I love that kind of spatial reasoning thing and I was playing it on a road trip uh, and and I was you know my wife's turn to drive okay I get to like knock out some more of this game <laughs> and I had Steam Deck like in one lap because this whole game I mean it's just like you know it's it's point and click so I don't need to have like all my hands on the thing or whatever I can click around pretty easily and I had an excel spreadsheet up on my other lap mapping out the the labyrinth oh, and so fun. what could have been a really awful zone I like made short work of and really enjoyed the process of of doing that so that that was the one where I most felt like oh my god I like conquered that puzzle and and figured out every little bit of it Actually, my favorite bit, I think, might have also been in the labyrinth, which is, and again, this is interesting because there's also a labyrinth in uh, Indiana Jones and uh, oh, uh, yeah. Fate of Atlantis, uh, same year stuff, uh, which is also, a, you know, uh, a fun situation with different, I guess, like goals for it. But I think my my favorite 
thing inside the labyrinth because it it served the mechanics so well of the dying mm-hmm. was the um the stepping puzzle where you have to step oh, yeah. on the right yeah. stones because it's like for me i was like as soon as i heard like basically you hear like a, a good like little like ding yeah or, or whatever or you hear a bad click and as soon as i hear the click i'm not gonna get shot three times i'm just like okay load up and then like what's yeah. the other path <laughs> and it's just like that felt like it was i had the final like i I can crank through this and I felt like I was making progress in a way where I didn't always feel like I was making progress yeah. and the cranking was not always fun. So it's like that, that felt like the right combo, I guess, where it's like, okay, and then you save, right? Yeah. And then you save. Right, right. Exactly. It, it worked with what tools they had given you. It was like a rare instance of like, no, 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 you wanted me to do it this way. And we're doing, you and the designer are like working in tandem. Yeah. Uh, what was like your, what was your biggest hang up puzzle? What was the one where you like truly gave up and had to just look it up or whatever? look there was a lot sure. I think the back half i was like it was like you know what i was like oh i think i'm doing pretty wood and i saw like how much left there was in the walkthrough i was crazy. like oh no i'm not yeah. gonna make it yeah <laughs> um one of my one of my like it's just pet peeves generally uh this is not like other lucasarts games have definitely done this but i hate it anytime you get an item and you have to do something to the item in your inventory in order to unlock a second item that's mm-hmm. there Mm-hmm. Right, so I think like um, there's one point where there's a ribbon coming in. Uh, I don't know if you gave the your your insignia ring to uh, to Sing Sing the bird. Yeah, which I don't love this as a bird name. I feel like the, like Casima <laughs> should have tried harder to name this bird <laughs> other than Sing Sing. Um, but um, yeah, b- b- basically though, uh, you know, we we send a, a ring via Sing Sing, uh, and Casima uh, sends back uh, like a ribbon that yeah. you have to. You can't just like click on it. You actually have to like I think look at it. There's an yeah. extra thing. You there's one specific way you have to interact with it in your inventory, right? And then you get a little bit of her hair also. Yeah, uh, it's one of yeah. those logics where even if you knew what you were after, you wouldn't necessarily. It's like, do I look at it to find the hair? Do I touch it yeah. to find the hair? Do I talk to it to find the hair? What yes, is the exactly. correct? It's it just has right. that thing. Yeah. Oh My- man, right, there, right. Because the same thing, right? In the in the castle, at one point, there is a door that you're trying to open. But it's not an open door. You have to do a talk to door. Yes. Yeah. You have to talk uh, to her on the. You have to just know Cassima is inside yeah, the door of, and choose to talk to it or whatever. Yeah. There's yeah. there's a few of those moments. I would say that's where it gets the most. I'm always going to refer to it as the chicken wheel problem, which is just like this is like this exists outside of my brain in terms of logic. Yeah. And those moments are when it's just like I didn't know I was supposed to do it exactly that way. I I think my absolute least favorite moment of this game was uh right the the last possible interaction you can have or or right right at the very end and i i message you 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 were uh messaging me saying i'm trying to finish this we pushed the recording just a little bit because so you could squeak yep. out those last few hours yep. or yep. whatever to to get it and i said make sure you take a mint with you <laughs> and the whole thing is at like one point very early in the game a genie eats a mint and it like zaps him from reality or whatever and you're just Mm -hmm. supposed to like remember that and more importantly when you get to the castle the second you enter the castle you are in the end game this this is the last thing you will do is be inside this castle and they lock the doors behind you your guy even you dress up as a woman to get inside the castle you dress up as like a serving girl and then Prince Alexander decides he's got to dump the dress into a trash can as soon as he goes yep. inside so that there's no way he can possibly leave for some yes. reason. And within that, there is a whole host of items you have to have. One of them being one of those four objects from the table, right? So if you just happen to come in with the whistle and not the bird, sorry, you're completely doomed. You will not be able to finish unless you save and reload from some time before the castle. But more so than that, you go through all this stuff, you go, you, 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 there's a wedding, you're trying to cut off the wedding, you go upstairs and a genie spawns and he's going to kill you in about two seconds. You have like two seconds to respond to this thing. And apparently <laughs> what you're supposed to do is give him a mint. And the thing is, even if you know that's the intended solution, oh, I have to give him a mint. Genies don't like mint. I remember that. You can go back to the shopkeeper where you got your first mint Oh, mm-hmm. the mint thing is empty. Well, where in God's green earth am I supposed to find another mint? And you can wander around your whole life and never find it because it's actually in the Greek mythology area. Yep. Not just in a cave, but in a cave where the point, like the cave, the mouth of the cave has about <laughs> yeah. four pixel width. And right next to the mouth of the cave is a bush. And if you touch the bush, you die. <laughs> 
because the berries on the, it'll tell Prince Alexander to eat one of the berries and kill yourself. So you engage with that thing. You save and reload that when it happens to you initially. I didn't even know I could go into the cave. I did not know the cave was an option, but you go inside the cave, you go all the way through the cave, you go to the other side of the cave and there's a little bush of mint. And that's where you have to get the critical item that is the only way to end the game. <laughs> that made my head explode in fury. <laughs> I so I, I'm realizing I think some of the, some of the things of this. I think the best way to the most enjoyable part about this game is to have played it, mm-hmm. not necessarily to play mm-hmm. it. Because <laughs> I think in the same way, like if you remember, like some of like the playground stuff, uh, you know, back in the day. You know, it's like the Hertz Donut type thing, yeah, right? Yeah. Where it's yeah. like, these are the thing where it's like, it's not fun, the experience of being initiated into it. Right. But once you've gotten there, going through it again or being able to commiserate with someone else, like, oh, yeah, you got screwed with that. Like, I get right. it. Um, that's the more fun part of it, I think, to some extent. Yes. Uh, and, and I think, like, I do have an issue, I guess, with the mechanic where there's a lot of maybe more contextual events that fire, I guess, yeah. where... It's just it may or may not line up. You might not get it. Like there, the, the you, there's so many bits of information or clues that might be in there that you that you might never get. And so it's in some ways, even if you get to the right answer, if it's technically solvable, it's not like a well structured maybe right. puzzle experience. I guess. Right. Uh, so the situation is usually, I guess, for that one. Okay, Genie comes in, loves the mints, very happy with the mints. Um, at one point, you grab a mint if you're supposed to, and then the mint dish. Um, can be empty at one point and the genie will say to the you know the owner like hey where are all the mints he's like oh sorry no more mints yeah. uh, you know um it's they, all the mint comes from another island yeah uh right and you that's have all to, like, i know all yeah <laughs> right but you don't you don't necessarily get to see all that interaction like right. there's in terms of giving you a fair set of information data set to work from right i just have very little faith that it always happens um and so it, it um it's a different puzzling experience, I guess. And you just kind of have to say, yeah, it's part of it. Yeah. And not to mention, like, the fact that what it's asking me to do to like where I ha- would have to go to go that to get that mint is to rescale the cliff. I never want to climb ever again. Like, the, I got to yes. click all the pet. Now, luckily, you realize at all subsequent vis- uh, visits, you don't have to do the entire cliff, but you have to do that yes. first screen. Like you still have to mm-hmm. click about eight or nine pedestals just to get up to the top yes. of the mountain it, or whatever. Well, this game in so many different ways just rounds down. Yeah. Right? In terms of like, you know, what, what it, it knows what you want to do probably, mm-hmm. but like mm-hmm. there's all these like quality of life, I think uh, things that you don't have in this part of the game because that's maybe what's making this a big enough experience that you feel maybe some, uh, sense of accomplishment at the end yeah um and it feels like you know, the genie is actually a pretty apt thing because it feels like the game on the other side of it is like a monkey's paw kind of right. genie situation where <laughs> what you get them to do has to be so precise yeah in order to actually make it land right and like you could be smart you could be doing the right puzzle solving thing but it wasn't quite right and they're yeah. like it's so it kind of like it um actually use a lot yeah right where it's just yes. it will it will say like oh yeah, it's not really what you were supposed to click well actually. and 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 at least even when LucasArts games are this sort of convoluted, at least the finish line is a punchline, right? Is is some joke on the thing where that, I think that's what we said even in the Grand Fandango episode. It's definitely my take on a lot, a lot of LucasArts games is it's not always that the puzzles are even solvable to me. Like sometimes they, they literally just completely escape me. But at least you get the, uh, if someone tells it to you, you go, oh, that's funny. Yeah. I get it. That's okay. That's really stupid, but that's pretty funny. But this game, it's not even stupid it's just the logic they wanted you to ascribe to it the only area where that's not the case like the Al- again the alice in wonderland area has that kind of logic to it where everything is like a really funny play on words you find this like yeah. creature at one point and he's like a, a a dangling participle and you have to make a bit out of retrieving the dangling participle and giving it to somebody else or, or whatever it is like those are those are convoluted puzzles in service of a clever joke or a, fun, a an interesting thing to say. Whereas mm. so many of the, you know, the giving the genie a mint was just the finish line you arbitrarily put at the end of this game on me rather than some sort of payoff. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, I, I, this kind of, I think one of the other, like for history stuff where this kind of mode um, of gameplay, I guess comes from mm-hmm. is probably like the text-based adventure games, right? Where it's, yeah. uh, my, my dad used to talk about like this idea of like, guess the parser where it's like, you know you want to get the gem, you yeah. know, that's in the, this room. What's the right phrasing that they want specifically <laughs> right. for it, right? right. And, and I think that there's a level of precision for this um, that 
was still baked in and carried through yeah uh, and like a harshness and like that's unforgiving and even this is better you know than, than previous ones that's just for me i guess in terms of like what you're used to now it, it's yeah. i guess it's really it's to the puzzle side where it's like in the way rubik's cube is it's precise yeah. right there's only really one way to solve and they will not round up to yes. help you along the way it's right. like it is yeah it is what it is yeah the biggest trick of it's funny that you bring up the Rubik's cube because it's like the biggest trick of a Rubik's cube is that they are extraordinarily difficult to just solve by figuring it out. Like it's like it took mathematicians like a long time <laughs> to figure out like how to like turn that into algorithms that were then solvable definitions for the Rubik's cube. And that's like what that's how these games feel is this like no, I it would take a classroom of people <laughs> time to parse out all of the steps you mean, especially when it's like, how far back before I entered the castle does this game want me to reload before I figure out how many steps I've done wrong? Not just that I haven't solved. The fact that you can go down the wrong path is what like really puts just like the nail in the coffin here because yeah. it, it. I don't think I had felt the power of LucasArts philosophy of not trapping you and not killing you I, I, you know, that seemed like a no brainer to me. And now that I've played something different, like I understand that emotion you felt of like, the, it's not right. It's not Picard. Like it's not yes. the right way to do it. It's not what you, it's not how this is done to make it feel good. <laughs> and, well, and I guess, you know, also should be said, like you could definitely, there were fail states in earlier, um, yeah, yeah. uh, LucasArts stuff. And one of the sort of shift in philosophy was absolutely a reaction to King's Quest. Right. Uh, right. Like, uh, you know, which was huge. Right. And, 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 um, like, I think it's, it's interesting where it's like, oh, you, you really can't have LucasArts as we know it without sort of like taking this yeah. very popular format and, um, understanding the frustrations that maybe aren't necessary for the good part of the game, I guess. Right. And that good, like, kind of accomplished feeling. I will say that when King's Quest, you know, came out, uh, you know, always super popular i think it would have been fun to like say be talking about this in different places where i was stuck with friends like on the yeah, playground like right. i think that would have been a very cool thing where it's like they're trying to diagnose like oh like like i'm stuck in here it's like oh well, well what do you have it's like i have this this this, this. Like, right. oh yeah you gotta go back for the mint otherwise you just can't do it yeah yeah and it's it, and i think even within that context like it would have been cool but then like there's always the risk it's like oh I don't have a I don't have a save file and they're like I guess I'll yeah. just restart the game and then it's just like did that kill all of your it would have killed all of my inertia at that at that point and so the the ability that I would have to backtrack so far that it might doom me is what really really just sort of sets me off on it but I don't know it, it's it's an interesting dilemma because I do feel like like as soon as I finished the game, I wasn't sitting there being like super mad. I was mad at like the final puzzle. But like I said, there was a good chunk there in the middle where I thought they brilliantly handled this early sort of early openness to the game. Mm -hmm. Like when, when you really just have three islands and it's like, hey, you're going to bounce around between these three islands like a lot yeah. to try to figure out what's going on. I didn't even even when it was slow, I didn't have like a ton of issue with that stuff. The the sort of open-ended exploration thing, I thought they did like kind of miraculously at. It's just all that save scumming puzzle logic that drags down like the second half of the game or whatever. Yeah. Well, and I guess that there's one other. So, I think this is they picked a style I think uh, for writing that I think is 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 fun. It, yeah. it has interesting stuff. I think one of the reasons why I don't maybe connect as strongly with Alexander as I have with like other protagonists, yeah. We one of the weird things that you don't get to choose any dialogue, mm -hmm. right? Like, and so that's that's for every adventure game ever. It's like sure. there is choice in there, um, and there's flavor that happens from that. Yeah. But this is like you get a third person narrator, right? Alexander yep. just is sort of like talking, and that feels a little bit less like it's me to some yep. extent, right? Um, it makes so, it feel like a classic little fantasy novel, which is like. Mm -hmm has its value with some people but like i i don't prefer to just sit and read some classical fantasy you know i'm i'm not reading beauty and the beast right now yeah. i i i wanted to be playing this game and and have the character yeah. kind of be what i want i don't know i think this game would have been better if you just were jalo i'll say it okay <laughs> the whole um, game from jalo's perspective new game uh, Jalo's uh, music's pretty fun. It's pretty, it's pretty <laughs> music. And at one point, like he has like a, if you go inside Jalo's uh, um, uh, like room in the castle, yeah. uh, Jalo will like, you know, there's like an old faded, like a you know, poster, I guess, from when he used to be in the carnival, I guess, uh, as well. Um, Jalo's interesting, interesting dude. He's kind of, he sounds a little bit like, um, 
uh, I want to say like Richard Kind. Uh, <laughs> uh, I turned off. Out. I didn't. I did subtitles the whole time because I wasn't. I, I was not going to sit. If there's one thing I also didn't want to do is sit and listen to dialogue. I wanted yeah. to quickly read. The, the fact that you, it was an either or in the menu. It's either audio or text. Uh, so I went with the faster one. And yeah. I don't know. I think in some ways it helped though because then I didn't have any right, weird. Quickly. <laughs> I could just you, burn you can't through. speed that up. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I mean, I, I think just uh, like fundamentally, like there, me not being able to choose, I guess, like there's a bit of separation from as a result. Yeah. Uh, but but the the elements I'm going to say, like, okay, one, I always love it when you go to the underworld. That's real fun. Yeah. Um, yeah. Like, and any, any, like Bill and Ted's Bogus Journey. Like, right. I, I, I love, I love, right. I love, I love, a, I love an underworld. I think it's real good. Um, I think the mashup, like, kind of things you have with, you know, you have some Alice in Wonderland, you have some, you know, classical Greek stuff, you yeah. have Beauty and the Beast. Like, that was really fun. It doesn't, uh, and there's, I guess, with the genie, there's kind of like a um, Aladdin-ish, yeah. like, uh, kind of thing in the, in, in the core story. So I think that kind of like pan fairy tale type situation, like, I like that as a setting. I think yeah. that was very cool. Right. Um, and so there's a lot of parts of that I like, but it's like it was real. These core mechanic of it felt so different for me. That, yeah. That, yeah. Yeah. Well, and the and the really dispiriting thing of it for me is the I, I mean, this was my first one, and this is held up as the golden standard of the Sierra games. Like everything I ever see online is like King's Quest Six is like one of the best. It's like this and Gabriel Knight are like the are are it basically. And so I'm like, so I'm definitely never playing King's Quest Three. Then is what you're telling me. Like in yeah. no way am I ever going back to that stuff. And I, I think the most generous way is I have to really think about this. This is a different genre that's under the like a different subgenre under like the adventure heading. Like I don't yeah. I, like I can't compare it with Lucas Art stuff. Right. right. It's just like this is a different design philosophy. It's doing its own thing. Mm-hmm. And so I'm going to try as much as I can to like judge it on like is it doing the thing that it wants it to do even right. if i don't love it right definitely yeah well let's get to the dirty deed of putting this thing on our big stupid list of 92 other video <laughs> games we are quickly approaching this will be our 93rd game uh we are approaching 100 which is astounding that we will eventually have one uh, oh, 100 best games of all time question mark list i don't know it's definitely not that it's just some sort of weird list uh, but do we have? We've been super negative today. I found we 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 were uh, we were not talking highly. So I don't feel like we're in even the top fifty or maybe top sixty uh, of of games here. Yeah, I mean, when I was looking at this being with, I was like, okay, the only thing I know for sure is it's got to be lower than Secret of Monkey Island, which is uh-huh. twenty six. Right. right. So that's that's the only thing I know. It has to be sure lower than that. Um, <laughs> but then you 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 pulled out Mist as like well. Where, 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 is it where better or worse than Mist? Is a pretty good starting point, I would say. Uh, Mist is also a complicatedly frustrating game that I think is, uh, in in many ways, I think Mist is more interesting than King's Quest. But I do think I enjoyed my time with King's Quest a bit more because the puzzles in in Mist are like can be very i mean they're you're not dying in it but they can be just you're just supposed to sit here and think for a week until you figure it out yeah i i think i think i have to put it above mist because like one in terms of world that i want to inhabit uh it's definitely gonna be king's quest more like there's cool what i've read as story stuff i mean i i played I must have played one spec of Kings, one of the King's Quest games back yeah. in the day, you know, and I, I did play a little bit of Mist also. Mist was impossible for me. But yeah. I definitely, you know, like I could understand enough of King's Quest that I would have been able to get, had a better, I would think I would have had a better time getting stuck in King's Quest than yeah. getting stuck with Mist. Right. I'm pretty sure. Yeah, absolutely. And and I mean, people really like the world of Mist. It did not click with me. And even with this generic fantasy setting, it's calling back to things I know about and is using those to help me solve the puzzles. Like I, I think there is a logic to all of it that kind of helps me through it. So yeah, I, I, I think it's it's safe to put this one uh, above Mist. Uh, if we look going up from there though, uh, I'm trying to see if there's another really great sort of like point. I guess it's more more important to push it to you though because you haven't played you know necessarily all yeah. of these games. So like just moving up the list, what's your next point of contact? God, I mean, I'm so I uh, I mean I think I played. I mean I 
played a little bit of Metroid Dread. Uh, <laughs> you know, played uh, you know, Twisted Metal 2, I think. Uh, I'm pretty sure Donkey Kong Country uh, 3, I, I played some of GTA 3. Like, I, I yeah. guess I'm curious, like, for this... Oh, and yeah, Star, Star Wars Shadows of the Empire is actually interesting for me because, like, um, that was a game that I didn't think I was especially good at and was frustrating for me. Uh-huh. I remember, like, when it came out back in the day. Yeah. I feel like King's Quest 6 is probably the best version of a thing I don't really love. Yeah. Uh, oh, I interesting. Think, like, it's doing the thing that it wants to do. It's just not really for me. But yeah. it, it is that thing. Like it is fulfilling all of its dreams. I think right. they're just right. not my dreams. Yeah, uh, it's very so confident sort of be, in in its yeah, formula. Right. So it's like, right, and so like that's really cool. Like like oh my god, if you're a King's Quest fan, and this comes out, this is amazing. This yeah. is a good time. Uh, right, right. So I guess I'm curious. Like this is I think this is a not my taste executed mm-hmm. probably as well as it could be. Uh, right. in this in this in this genre. So I, I don't know if there's anything else that's like that for you. It's like that's interesting. Like, uh, the first good, thing for me. The first thing that comes to my mind is Darkest Dungeon is that quality where it's like Darkest Dungeon, I totally see why it is the it is the pinnacle of its genre. I just don't like the vibes of it even a little bit and I I shit the bed when I played it. So I don't I don't really wanna <laughs> I didn't want to keep reliving that basically and, and it wasn't fair of me to bring all of that baggage to it. Uh, I, I would say I think um what Darkest Dungeon accomplishes is even uh you know more impressive to me than than uh King's Quest doing that, especially considering too, I mean King's Quest six is like a part of this long lineage of point and click games that was going for many years and continued for a good number of years afterwards. Right. Like it's, it's good, but I also feel like it just sort of exists in the middle here, even though it's the one people say is like, it's the Sierra game you've got to play. Uh, I, I just, it, it's difficult for me to like think it has some critically important lasting legacy to to touchstone on so it's like i want to drop below darkest dungeon and advance wars even descent like descent is like this brilliant idea that these people forced to like make work or whatever uh i have conflict with things like grand theft auto 3 because i actually hate grand theft auto 3 with a fiery deep seated passion so like I'm happy to put anything above that, but that's maybe not honest with the list as it currently stands, basically. <laughs> I mean, I think that's a fine split, actually, like, you know, right between Descent, Descent and Grand Theft Auto 3, because I think this is like, I to say this is a pinnacle of a thing, and I don't know what the, necessarily if the lasting legacy is there. And mm-hmm. you know, I think maybe like they're better, like um, better people took other parts of the adventure game, like genre torch and like ran in different yeah. directions. And like, yeah. I don't know how much carried through from the King's Quest branch, I guess, right. of, of the adventure genre. Yeah, um, it's. Like, I like this placement too. For like, as you're as you're kind of saying, and I'm looking at the stuff below it, and so many of the things below it are these things that exist in genres where they're very obviously not as good as it got later. Right, Mass Effect vastly improved. Uh, uh, Donkey Kong Country 3 is not like the best Donkey Kong game Kingdom Hearts is not that Grand Theft Auto is not that like so many of these games that are lower on the list were all things where it's like that was a an iteration of the idea that didn't necessarily let the thing flourish and if this is the flourishing of Sierra's version of this point and click adventure game then yeah I kind of like giving it the weight of like right above Grand Theft Auto 3 yeah, I like that. I mean, and, and I think that like, you know, for people who love this part of it, I guess, like where I want my adventure games to be just just hard and give me a, a like be a little ruthless. Mm-hmm. Um, like, that's cool. And and like, I, I, I guess, yeah, I, I can't imagine anyone who uh, isn't a, like, I think everyone who's a fan of like a, an earlier King's Quest would probably love this stuff. Yeah, yeah, right. right. And so I think that's, that's, that's a fine thing where it's like, you know, we, we iterated enough and these are the things that we cared about in the genre that we want to keep on going and, yeah. and good, good on you if, if, if that's, if that's what you want. <laughs> well, I think it, I get the sense that you feel afraid of these King's quest people for screaming at you for being such a, a, a LucasArts shill, but I'm telling you I, it's, I'm here to give you permission. It's okay to live in the world where LucasArts won. Uh, I think they did. And I'll just declare, I'll put a big stupid stamp on it and say, LucasArts won the nineties. Ha ha. I mean, I'll say this. I think for adventure games, like adventure games lost the 90s generally. Right, right? Like, yeah, right. The genre itself. <laughs> like, yeah, it did not make it out alive uh, really for the most part. And they went, went underground for a long time. Um, 
but like you know there's a there is sort of a a harder i guess i'll say this there's some in different settings there's a harder edge uh game that was adventure that i think towards the end of the decade which is Mm -hmm. like longest journey which i really loved oh yeah Uh, it did not have the same irreverence from lucas arts uh and like you could there's one like lightly locked like place you could get to also um but like in terms of like the scope of story it was really really cool yeah um, I, and so like there there was other things that that i enjoyed some other non lucas arts uh, adventure stuff um that maybe took some like you know what if it's not just all a joke a minute type right. things uh, right. and and you can do that well also uh, yeah. for sure definitely yeah well it makes me excited to like i i genuinely feel like with uh, with the the slew of point and clicks we now have on the on the list, I feel kind of content in not coming back to the '90s right away. Except for exclusively the one thing I still want that was almost going to be a part of this season is I still really want to play LeChuck's Revenge because I want the necessary. I want I want one and two in my game in my brain before mm-hmm. I go do. Uh, the one that Ron Gilbert put out last year, uh, the the oh. the brand new one. I because re- everything I've heard about that one is it's technically a sequel to two more so than it is about three and four that came after it or whatever. Do we ever talk about this? Like I I, I got to play test uh, Return to Monkey Island. Like, I think I, you I, mentioned I, it a little bit, yeah. but we didn't talk about it in 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 proper. It's, I mean, it's 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 really really good. I mean, like yeah. I I grew up on like and and also I guess um uh Chuck's Revenge is great because they actually do have. You can split out if you want the easy mode or the hard mode, oh, and cool. that's just a straight up choice. And so yeah. there are there's different paths uh, to begin with, and the same thing happens, uh, you know, in Return to Monkey Island, where mm. you get to have like it's explicit where this is going to be a little bit easier, this is going to be a little harder. Mm-hmm. You know, so as opposed to like not realizing you're making the choice, like yes. uh, you know, King's Quest is doing. Um, yeah, yeah. But but yeah, and, and there's there's some elements of like you know, Monkey Island three that like get into uh, Return to Monkey Island also. But yeah, wow. it, it's uh, it, it anyway, it, it's it's real. Uh, I would love, I would love to, to get yeah. your reactions on it. I, I, I want, to I want to do it uh, really badly, and I, and I hope, I hope we do it maybe even sooner than uh, sooner than later because we we're finishing up this season, and I don't know what sort of the next season specifically looks like, but uh, I, I think we're gonna make a lot more room for just stuff we want to do rather than like, are we making sure there's like exactly this kind of vibe yeah, hitting the yeah. list? It's like I just wanna, I just wanna play a series. So uh, yeah, if if we if we tackle some more monkey island uh i will definitely have you back but also you gotta i think you just gotta send us a game that's not an adventure game and you gotta just say matt hunter i'm coming on the show and we're doing exactly (laughs) this game once you finish playing it i'll come on the episode and we're doing it but it's it's a it's (laughs) i really want to do gran turismo 6 or whatever it is like you i think it's up to you to just call that shot but it's you, you know you are more than welcome to just pick a game basically amazing (laughs) <laughs> amazing yeah I'm, I'm excited for that then uh yeah and, and um i mean i don't know if this is it but like we have put as a family over here probably about 200 hours into uh mario kart 8 on the oh, switch oh yeah <laughs> okay that's it i don't know if that's gonna be it but yeah, that's our right, next great. episode and that's that hey you know what else we just found out we just found out what matt and ezra's podcast is uh because i can get down on some mario kart 8 hunter hates me for uh how much time i've invested into mario kart 8 it's a disgusting truth of my life have you, I mean, so do you, uh, have you done any gaming like with kid, I guess? Uh, like she's three. So we are just barely, we're barely getting there. We, we, in fact, just recently she was holding a controller and realized when she hits right, the little character walks right. And, and she was sort of, she was figuring that out a little bit at a time. It was with a joystick. It was right. It was on this CRT. This, I have this stupidly huge CRT TV right here. And she accidentally turned on my Xbox 360 that's hooked up mm. to it. And she accidentally navigated to my games on it. And we pulled up this weird platformer for the Xbox Live Arcade called Splosion Man. Anybody remember <laughs> Splosion Man? And she learned how to move Splosion Man around and kill scientists. So she's had her first murder uh, in a video game. Oh so congratulations. <laughs> she's three years old. And uh, that's okay. It's cartoony and they turn into like little like cuts of pork and stuff. It's, it's oh, adorable. That's fine. Yeah, it's fine. It's cartoon violence. Possibly accurate. We don't know. <laughs> But yeah, so she we're getting there, and then the only other thing she does is we have Pokemon Snap for the Switch, and she has like, she has sat in the cart yeah. as if that was a as if that was like a ride she was on looking at Pokemon. So that those That's are the extent cool. of her video game experiences. But we're getting there. We'll get there. 
Okay, amazing, amazing. <laughs> Ezra, thank you so much for joining me uh, and and doing it. Just you and me for one. I th- it was it was a great time. Uh, I'm sorry I made you endure King's Quest Six, but uh, hopefully you came out a stronger individual. <laughs> you know, I I feel like as a human, I maybe have. 200 out of 231 points. I feel like that, that's, about, <laughs> that's about what happened to me. Oh my God, can I tell you? I got 69 points. Nice, straight right? <laughs> I straight up, my final score was 69. I felt very good. I actually felt like I did in fact beat the game. I did a good job. Oh my gosh, well done. <laughs> well done. Um, yeah. Uh, uh not 169 no i i only had 69 <laughs> points isn't that pretty bad huh um, i mean i don't know i didn't maybe, i somehow i didn't do very much <laughs> i you know love what? that hesitation and disappointment in your voice I was wait like, I was are like, you wait, is that possible, is that possible? <laughs> good for you that i think it's even more impressive than honestly well done that's, like, i that's solved no true. puzzles you're now realizing <laughs> i played half the game that you played so no wonder i'm not that frustrated with it i didn't do anything <laughs> Oh my god! Wow! Uh, All right, thank no. you again, Ezra, for for hanging out. Of course, yeah, yeah. If you want um, uh, to hear me talk more video yes. games, uh, you know, Hunter and I, you know, uh, along with our friends, uh, we're on a podcast called The Best Thing Ever. So Hunter talks uh, his favorite arcade uh, cabinets. He talks. Uh, we talked about uh, you know Tears of the Kingdom. Um, so yeah, actually, if you if you missed out. Hunter talking Tears of the Kingdom. Yeah, exactly. Uh, we, it's yeah, really we, funny we to me release. that Hunter abandoned yeah. talking about Tears of the Kingdom on this show and went and did it just like a quick beat on y'all's instead. You I know, think that's I, I beautiful. I can't say he was the most happy while he did it. So. <laughs> <laughs> I bet he did y'all's episode first and then was like, I can't do this. I can't, do this I can't sustain this energy level. Yeah. I don't want to talk about this game. <laughs> <laughs> that might have been it. We might have broken him. <laughs> <laughs> Old Gamers Almanac is produced by Matt Martins and Hunter Donaldson with music by Knight Corey. If you liked our little show, consider giving us a five-star rating or heading over to patreon.com slash oldgamersalmanac. Oh, 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 oh